Welcome back to the Symposium Podcast. I'm Martin Ibarra-Ramos, and I'll be hosting on my own today. Thank you all for joining us again for this week's episode. In case you missed our episode last week, uh, curated by myself, actually, we discussed Jairo Bustamante's film La Llorona, which is available to stream on Shudder. And I thoroughly enjoyed breaking down that very, very complex film and I uh, hope you all get a chance to watch the film and that you enjoy our conversation and find it insightful. And uh, now to shift gears to this week, I'll first let you guys know how the show works. So every week we invite members or collaborators of Cineposium to curate a film for remote viewing and have a conversation about the film. New episodes will be published every Thursday with various members from Cineposium and guests to discuss the films with our weekly curators. This week's curator is Xu Wen Yang, and we also have a guest appearing on the show, Dawei, to join in on the conversation. So, Xu Wen, with that, I'd like to invite you to share your presentation for this week's film. Oh, thank you, Martin, and also Dawei. Um, I'm really excited to be here this week um, to discuss Taiwanese filmmaker Edward Yang and his work with you guys. Uh, just some background information, uh, Yang is one of the leading figures of the Taiwan New Cinema Movement during which time the movies produced not only serve as a reflection on Taiwan's history, but also record society's transformation from an agrarian society to modern urban society. Yang devoted his career to portraying the impact of neoliberal capitalism on the lives of the citizens of Taipei. Some of his famous works include Yi Yi and A Brighter Summer Day. The film we choose to present this week is Terrorizers, which is Yang's third feature film, it was released in December 1986. Setting in 1980s Taipei, the film starts with portraying a series of seemingly scattered events happen on the same morning. A crime scene, a hospital professional talking to his wife, a struggling writer about her novel, a photographer, a photographer taking photos of the crime scene, pointing his lens towards a young woman, the white chick who is escaping away. To briefly summarize, this film intertwines four main plot strands containing around 10 characters and is structured in a way that relation between characters unfolds pretty slowly. It is until the middle of the film that these characters coincidentally encounter or are connected to each other. The white chick makes a prank call to the depressed writer, which fuels her suspicion of her husband's non-existent promiscuity, all the more ammunition to leave him. These encounters lead to the final part, a climax, a tragedy, with this authenticity still kind of blur as the final 10 minutes shift between reality and fictionality and leave us with an open ending. The film won several awards both in Taiwan and international festival and also drew attention in the academia. For example, in Frederick Jameson's piece, Remapping Taipei, he has commented it as the postmodern film. I personally find it a rich text to explore. It emphasizes simultaneity as well as shows the scattered urban space while individuals are boxed, confined, and isolated. It also shows how citizens are connected or not connected to the material world as well as the sonic environment. Sometimes it is the space that dominates the frame, waiting for people to enter, which I think is a form of decentralization of human beings. It also applies this montage collage aesthetics. So we have to see clues throughout the whole story and keep asking who are these people who are the terrorizers? And what's more, the story is told in a cold tongue, which is partly why people call Edward Young, a surgeon with a knife who cuts sharply into the Taiwan society and reveal the reality. 
But apart from telling a story, this film also challenges narrative. How do we consider its metafiction or self-reflexivity part? Is the whole film just a story written by Yu Fen, the female writer, or is it true? Is it reality? Indeed, I think until today the film is still like a puzzle, waiting for us spectators to solve. Some people might say that Yang's film is at a pretty slow pace and a little bit hard to follow, but、um, if you keep watching, I guess it won't let you down. And this is it. And I hope you all enjoyed watching this film. Thank you so much, Xu. And honestly, that feels perfect、uh, to, you know, sort of、uh, jump into this film.、Um, it really summed up a lot of the ideas and, and questions that I had for myself throughout and, and immediately、uh, following the film. So, you know, usually we sort of begin our conversations on the film here with first、um, just reactions on our, our sort of you know casual reactions and watching the film. Um, and then we, you know, we'll jump, we'll jump into the conversation from there. So,、um, if I go first, I'll, I'll say so. I watched the film this morning before recording,、um, and I think the the word that you used, puzzle,、uh, is exactly what came to mind for myself. And and in that, it it didn't necessarily feel like something that, at the same time, that felt you know in a, essential to to put together and see the full piece. Uh, necessarily, uh, instead, for me, it felt like、um, it just felt important to, I guess, pay attention to the different tensions that are explored between characters and seemingly between location and characters. Because something that I couldn't, that I noticed immediately and couldn't let go of, was what felt like a very intentional、um, focus on on Taipei, on its, on on the sort of urban. Quality to it, and this this kind of modern life. It it felt pretty important to these characters who are living in these kind of private moments of what I consider despair. Just really fascinating to kind of consider that that kind of reflective, transformative experience that seems to be going on across the film.、Uh, Dawei, what did you think of this film? Yeah, I think a lot of what you just described we can tell from the very opening of the movie. We open with the shot of Taipei, the city at night, and we see the street light and the car light, and we have a lot of wide shots on the neighborhood. And for sure, like the environment, are just full of details and full of life, and it's. Yeah, it's that kind of feeling we're talking about. This is not really a you know a thriller or a type of you know crime drama. I, I get I get it when I when I when I see the the police car shot from very far far away. It's a very wide shot. I know okay, this is not going to be thrilling or something. This is just going to present something that kind of just happens. It's not supposed to make me feel like the narcos chasing each other down. The, the The excitement, but just kind of be objective and okay. See the city, see the setting, and just see quite objectively what's happening there. Yeah, I have to agree, and and that also gave me a sense of like there's this notion of the, the, this kind of ordinary, almost everyday feeling to it, in in opening that way, and in the consistent visual display of Taipei. I, we often get those extreme wide establishing shots of. Of various cities and or various locations and buildings and alleys and you know、um, even within certain interiors there are wider shots just to it almost we almost feel like a sort of bystander to a lot of what's going on here and I I found that 
uh, quite fascinating to uh, consider in, in terms of what's going on between these characters. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on this element of the film, Xu Wen? Um, well, I think um, regarding the space I mean, in this film, it's pretty interesting that like these characters seldom walk through the city, but you just see scattered images, uh, scattered shots of the city space. And I think which emphasizes this isolation of people. Um, and I think uh, it is very important that these people are confined because uh, then we could see like how they gets connected coincidentally or I mean through the telephone, through the material. So um, I'm pretty interested in your opinions about I mean how material a material world connects <clears throat> each other and how this coincidental encounters I mean. Uh, how do you feel about these coincidental encounters? Yeah. I'm not sure because this is not really a hyper-dramatized film. It really allows me to sit back and just feel the flow, if you know what I mean. It's like mm -hmm. it's not about, okay, what's the purpose or what's the intention? What's this philosophy the, the, the author is trying to teach me? It's more just like a feeling as it is. It's just like, you know, these people's lives, they're just running through. And these coincidences, you know, I, I, they're not like a shock or surprise or a twist. This, they're things that just kind of happens. Actually, I, when I first watched it, I didn't really connect how the prank call uh, is related to the divorce. It only came around when, when, when I think the, the, the wife mentioned it in the end. Like, okay, oh shit, it's like, wow, that, that's a factor in that? I didn't really uh, uh, clock it because this is, it, you know, it's very subdued, very subtle. It doesn't really like use a monologue to describe every emotional beat to me. So it just takes, takes some time to, to figure out and, you know, but, but it let me figure it out. So I think it's a fun ride so i have to agree there was there was something that that felt like this sort of invisible connection between these characters or you can't tell if it was intentional or not or if it's you know if it's real or not and um i mean this so this is my first um experience with um with yang's work and i i wonder if if this is something consistent with his um with his films but there's in that there seems to be some sort of like um, I don't know if haunted or haunting element is is the is kind of the right way to put it, but it it, it just seems to kind of tap into the you know internal um, emotions that are going on within these characters, and you know during those how and how we see those connections play out, um, it, there seems to be something that's present but not quite obvious or not quite in your face, if if that makes sense. Yeah, even when sometimes it's really like obvious and in your face, it's just revealed in such a shocking and visually striking manner. Like the, do you remember the the the, the wall with the big pictures, a lot of pictures of her face? So, so I I didn't know that the guy was obsessed with this girl until that moment, and that moment came as such a genuine surprise. But it's also like, it's not creepy, right? It's like. You can, if, if a guy has a, a wall full of this strange woman's face, it, it's got to be creepy, but it doesn't feel creepy. It felt intimate in that scene, and they're in that dark room talking to each other, and that, that was a great scene. And when the girl left, 
the wind will, will blow through the pictures. It flip flops and you, you hear the sound effect. It's just, it's gone. It's very poetic. It's yeah. It, it, it's quite, quite amazing. Yeah. Well, well, since you're talking about this collage of this photo on the wall, I mean, I was thinking that the whole film, I mean, collage is a word that recurrently appear in my head. I mean, I felt like the story is a collage. I mean, that visual is full of this collage and we have, we, ha we piece things together, but we don't know if it's true or not. So, um, I, I mean, I mean, this, this collage, I mean, it's a, it's a whole picture, but there is this scattered elements, I mean, scar scattered parts of it. I mean, it's just like how everyone is this isolated individual in the city and you have to make a collage of the city so that you can have an impression about it. And um, I, I was, yeah, um, and I was also thinking about this, a uh, photographer since we're talking about his works i mean he's pointing his lens and at like random people in the city and um and and i i think some people say that this part is in uh i mean is uh, connected to antonioni's blow up and i was wondering if you have watched that and i was thinking if we could talk about like the subjectivity of like the photographer and like how we see the world, how we perceive the world and how we like understand it. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, I, I do think that um, I, I absolutely um, found the element of the photographer so thought provoking. <clears throat> Obviously, there's this there's this attention to fact versus fiction in this film. And um, for at least in, in how I interpret things and how I experienced it, um, it, it certainly felt important to as you kind of expressed establishing a sort of authenticity to to Taipei to modern Taipei and painting these these fictional stories or, or character designs over it um, and I mean I'm not sure if I've quite hashed out what that all means to me yet but it's it's certainly something I'm continuing to think about um, it, it I guess right right now as I continue to talk about it there's I would say something that I've thought quite a lot about is the element of, you know, hit the photographer's, you know, sort of home, um, dark room and life that he captures be being sort of developed there. And, you know, there's, there's this idea that we see ourselves as we, as people see ourselves one way, but, you know, life sees us another way, and perhaps, I guess I'm I'm considering how the the life developed in those photos is perhaps the m more holistic uh, or complete sort of um, representation of of what that life actually looks like. But you know, this this is very mixed, and I'm still trying to make sense of it. So uh, that way, what do you what do you think about all this? I do see a point here i think the photographer's journey like his obsession with the photos and which actually led him to this girl they i don't know they fell in love for five minutes and the girl left <laughs> it just sort of happened it's you know it's like life and uh it's like life sometimes and 
then this woman, this author, she thought that okay, my novel was just trash. It's not gonna wing anything. And it turns out that this novel was great because it reflects somehow. It's inspired by and reflects her own marital life. So I think there's this running theme of how these representations and、uh, you know medium media kind of affect their life and. They they come the the fake things kind of become real to them, and or they become a the bridge to real changes in their life, and I think that's part of what Edward Young was exploring in in the you know in the urban life of Taipei. It's it's this you know fiction versus reality, representation versus you know、uh, the real. So I think yeah I think you're 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 getting to something there, Marty. She so she went. I, I'm still thinking quite a lot about you know that attention to to Taipei and to authenticity, and I'm wondering if you have any further thoughts on on that in particular, and in what it might have, why it was important to,、um, I guess, expose this time of Taipei, this this sort of.、Um, I think this kind of. Like, do you guys feel this kind of underlying anxiety? Absolutely. Beneath、um, all this peaceful, slow, you know, slow-moving narrative, there's this this anxiety, and it's this almost in, like disintegration of of life. You know,、um, the murder, and you know, the wife is unhappy. Like, like everybody is sort of facing a challenge here. Yeah. I I do not I'm not very familiar with、uh, Taiwan history, especially modern、well. history. But I I bet like in the night in the eighties that's when the、uh, Taiwan be, be, became an economic powerhouse, right? That's when their lifestyle really started to change. Is it? Yeah, well, I guess it's time for me to jump in because please do, please、uh, do. <laughs> Taiwan new cinema movement、uh, kind of starts after、uh, this. A rigid dictatorship ends in Taiwan. So before it, it was, yeah. You know, before, uh, you you mean the Taiwan New Cinema Movement? Yeah,、uh, the 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 rigid、uh, dictatorship. Like,、uh, indeed, the martial law ended in 1987. But、oh, before、wow. the atmosphere starts to get like relaxing, and、uh, there's this industrial development, and that's when these directors, uh, begin to. Uh, explore. I mean, like reconfigure this type, this Taiwan image, and they're thinking about what is the reality in Taiwan, what is our own Taiwan culture, and、uh, I mean, so so this is something like re- a rebellion, like against those、uh, dictatorship, against、uh, even before the Japanese colonial period. And so that's that's the time when they want to reclaim their own culture and they're exploring like what is the truth of this city, what is the real reality like here. So I guess、uh, this puzzle is also like the real urban experience that Taiwan people were experiencing because they either they don't know how I mean what what life should be like or what the ch- The authenticity is what is our authentic culture. So, so I, this is a product of that history. I think. I mean, this makes so much sense now because these are、yeah. mundane people living their mundane lives, fighting through their mundane struggles. Right? It's 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 not you know, 
big robots conspiracy anime. It's just, you know, ordinary people with their fears and their flaws and, and you know, and their divorce. That, that Absolutely. Kind of it's all weaved together, like uh, anti, this anti-Hollywood, anti-dramatic uh, aesthetic, I would say. I would say even, it reminds me a lot of Ozu and, and uh, Italian neorealism for sure, because th- there was this similar movement post Mussolini Italy, right? Yeah. We started deliberate, and and we we see all these amazing realis- uh, uh, realistic movies on on the Italian lives, like you know German Year Zero, etc. etc. And Taiwan, this is a, it's a very similar thing. So yeah, this is a fascinating thing because there are at the time as well. I mean. Even beyond Italy, there's there's various um, nu- numerous movements of realism that that um, come about and all try to find what what that true to use your, the word you use Shuwen that that element of true and what true means to that particular um, country and, and and to those filmmakers. Um, I th- I think that this certainly feels. Uh, akin to those movements as well um you know some of the other sort of modern uh anxieties that that i jotted down are like you know being unable to pay the rent or you know um past romance um sort of coming up again um you know the competitive nature between friends at work these all all these things feel very ordinary and familiar and yet to these characters um yeah a source of of serious anxiety and um perhaps leading to an element of growing hostility, which I also found um, interesting in that we, we get various um, scenarios of a kind of hostility uh, throughout the film. Sorry, what, what kind of hostility? I, I kind of didn't follow there. Obviously, there are these these setups with, um, forgive me, I can't remember each of the characters' names, but... No, it's fine, me neither. Um, you know, um, obviously, th- those setups with in which the young woman... Um, meets these men takes them into the room and then these setups occur in in order to rob them um i I guess the robbing in general um that she performs throughout and obviously the the finale the the sort of coda dream murder i'm not sure quite what to call that whole coda of the film but taxi driver you know yeah absolutely that that's a that's a great uh, comparison there yeah but in the end it's a it's a taxi driver dream in the end he just murders himself because he 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 cannot do those things himself. I mean, it would be interesting to know what, what the director thinks, but I think it's really like maybe a fine, a really nice point about uh, Taiwanese culture and American culture, maybe. Mm. In the end, you know, taxi driver, the guy would get his revenge with violence or something. I mean, it's still tragic. Like both choices are tragic, but, yes. you know, why did. Scorsese, Paul Schrader may let De Niro make that choice, and why did Edward Young, you know, make, make the opposite choice? Yeah, perhaps if we can find something in which he uh, talks about this, and that's maybe something we can offer our listeners um, something to read on uh, later on. We'll we'll have to search for that. Well, I, I'm I'm actually pretty curious about like how do you think about the film language? Because I mean, maybe from today's perspective, it's kind of cliche because it's montage and there's uh, there's this sound editing i mean the police sirens and uh that's pretty i mean that's pretty interesting and 
I, yeah. I don't know. It feels yes. like the son yes. sonic in environment. Yes. Yeah. You're right. In, in, in the opening, they, they use sound to tell a lot of stories, like the gunshot and the running away. I'm, I'm trying to, that, yeah, there are a few points that really left an impression. But to be honest, when I was watching the film, my first impression was just how bad the sound effects were because, you know, it's an old movie. I had the same feeling. The gunshots felt so oh, yeah. um, so outdated. <laughs> yeah. so oh, I'm like, what? I just can't get into this. But I'm like, okay, I, I got to do this podcast. And I, I have to watch this and, you know, take this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's like he, he, used, he used sound to not show you stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, in the beginning, like, to, to just kind of hide the violence and to, to not – directly show you and or perhaps to give on, you a sense of perspective right i mean it, it feels yeah. like where the camera is situated in the in the scene a lot of the times is is um is precise and, and intentional and i think there i found that kind of interesting that there's this there's this um authentic uh use of sound perspective that i think um even though as you say some of the sounds do kind of take you out of it watching it today um it, it did feel important to you as a viewer and perhaps um becoming involved with with the film in that way and sort of you know feeling a bit closer pulled in um, yeah for that sure felt, the intention yeah the mm -hmm. intention does matter here because it's an old film we have to watch it in context yeah another thing i've been thinking about is what what instances of violence is hidden and what instances of violence is presented straight on like violence is not this same samey samey thing, right? You just shoot somebody. Like everyone you shoot, every fire you, uh, you know, every shot you fire, it, it's presented differently. Like what the the most uh, the one that left the most impression is when the girl kills the the guy, who find who finds out that she's stealing her money, and she he the guy is like lighting the lighting the cigarette, and suddenly the the girl just charges into the shot. I think that's a great way of handling it because you just did not expect it. Like a conventional way of covering this is to show you that the girl uh, have this knife under her, under her pants and then to show you the close up, have a moment of them just staring at each other. And then the girl goes for it, right? But this is the complete opposite of that. It just takes you by surprise. And I think it's, it's, this kind of, uh, to, to handle the sequence this way is completely within the film language of, of this movie. It's, it's not a Hollywood movie. It's not conventional coverage. It's hanging you in the wide, in the medium for 20 seconds and you just got to observe and, and watch what happens. And that's a, that's a great, great shot. And another shot that left a great impression for me is when uh, the husband went to goes to, he, he goes to kill the the guy who, who who cheated with his wife and we see the husband climb on the close-up climb on the carpet and that, that's another significant death and i think that signifies okay this this guy really really hates him you know what i mean i think that's the i think one of the few extreme close-ups in the movie and it just shows you like the intensity of the hate and but his own death in the end, his suicide, is hidden from us. We don't see it. We only hear it. 
So what does that tell me? It, it tells me that okay, this is just very tragic. His life, he 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 feels that his life is not that significant, and I think the significance of his own life is kind of drawn his own hatred for the other, and that's what the movie is telling me. And you know, we're gonna if you really want to know what the director tries to say, maybe we just gotta find some interviews and stuff. But that that's my interpretation of the different.、Uh, Kinds of different kinds of violence and how it's presented in in a movie. Just yeah, I'm just scrolling down the timeline. Yeah, what, what do you guys think? Like, what what about the mental violence? What's the the other kind of violence like in the movie? I think it's very interesting. Well, I I mean the mental ones. There there's one I noticed like in that marriage, like because uh when when the female writer's novel got published, I mean the husband just says well. Who who doesn't who 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 reads her novel? It's like he he doesn't really pay attention, and I felt like it's this something cold. Some this this if we call it violence, I mean it happens a lot in the family.、Um, I mean another one is I felt like the director's playing with this violence because、um, because、uh, there is a sequence where the the photographer's girlfriend is trying to. Commit suicide, and there is this.、Uh, the the line says that, "Oh, I can't suffer anymore. I wanna, I wanna die." But then the,、uh, the, the, the camera just shifts to the white girl who is making a prank call. I mean,、uh, we don't know if that those lines are the girl who who are trying to commit suicide. Oh, I remember it. So. Yeah. yeah, I was confused by who's speaking, but like the characters, the two characters have the same emotional journey there, and it, it, they weave them together. I think that's great. Yeah, I remember that. But I, oh well, I thought that's like a prank call. I mean, that's white white girl. She was just joking, and I felt like this is a play. I mean, this is、uh, not only a play between like reality and fictionality. I mean, what is the truth? I mean, who who is saying that? But also like,、uh, I mean. Uh, that girl, who the photographer's girlfriend, she is also experiencing this maybe maybe violence, mental violence from his boyfriend, I guess. But but then the director just omits this part and shifts it to something like funny, something like a joke. And、uh, so I mean that's also a way to portray this violence, I guess.、Mm. Yeah, and just to piggyback of what Shu Wen just said, I think the the relationship between the husband and wife is actually quite hollow, isn't it? Because I remember the 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 husband's、uh, superior asked him, "Okay, your wife is writing novel, and and you know." What it is, what it is, what is it about? And the husband is just like, you know, I don't read them. I don't even know what's going on. It's like they live in the same house, and the wife sits in there writing all day, and you don't even know what she's writing. And later on, he 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 goes back. Can you go back to live with me? I'm like, no, no. The the woman is not going to go back with you. You don't give a shit. You don't care about. Her well-being and you know what she's doing. Yeah, it doesn't even have that line in which he says, "I didn't know writing could be so deadly." 
something along those lines. Yeah, that, at that, the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I, yeah, I don't remember that line. Like in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I jotted it down just because it seemed interesting, and you know, lo and behold, it it carried a little more weight toward the end of the film. And I think yeah, just to go back to Shulin's point. I think their lives can be so easily invaded by these fake representations and signs because it is so hollow. Their relationship, the connection, is none. It's it's void and hollow, and that's why these hollow signs can make such an impact, like a prank call. I think I think that's what you know. Maybe I'm just we're just thinking too much. <laughs> no, I think but, but I think you know that that's very interesting. You know, all these clues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, I felt like this violence is like being ignored. I mean, it feels like this mundane life is also a kind of violence on everyone, I guess. So, I mean, yeah. This uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of related to what we talked about earlier, right? This is about life in Taipei and. It's yeah, different, but different characters' uh, daily lives. But you know, they're sort of connected by their setting and their emotional journey. Like they're all struggling to be happy in in d- different sorts of ways, and they all face their kind of challenges. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's quite thought provoking. I would say. Yeah. Well, I was also thinking about like. Um, for I mean, I mean, film language like the frame, like uh, different angles of shots, like wide shots, or I mean, how the doors, uh, or the windows inside this film, like how they confine people in different part at the different at different part of the frame. And well, I was thinking, like David, you study editing. <laughs> Do you have like comments on this frames, like? Uh, no, it's obviously a lot of wide shots, a lot of deep focus. So the characters are situated within the environment and the setting is as, as much of a character as every other character. And so what left some impression on me in terms of editing is the smash cut at places. Like, do you remember... Uh, a, a saying where the wife goes to talk to her uh, former lover in, in the park, mm-hmm. in a green, you know, like in the woods, and they were having this nice moment. The guy's like, oh my God, I always thought of you as talented, blah, blah, blah. And this the, the sort of connection that she, she never had with, with her husband. And we just cut in bed. They just, you know, slept together. And that's mm-hmm. a very, like... I'd yeah. say fast and just quick way of just telling telling us what's happening, and it, it doesn't really give you the whole. Okay, the the woman is struggling to make the decision whether to commit adultery, and we don't have any of that. Like the decision just happens in the cut, and things just happened. I think it's part of the aesthetic of the film. I also felt like there was this this kind of. Um... Element of like distance between people that within compositions felt felt like Yang was exploring that within his compositions. You know, there's this kind of juxtaposition between scenes like that in which these 
there's these close, you know, intimate moments between people and perhaps with their possessions as well. Um, but then there's, you know, those are those are kind of juxtaposed with these wider shots of, you know, um, people and within these kinds of spaces in their homes and whatnot that actually show the physical distance between them, perhaps even in certain um, uh, linear forms as well. But um, yeah, it felt like he was using the frame to kind of tap into this idea of of um, of of distance between people and I guess what moments of intimacy and moments of distance and I thought that was that was really uh really exquisitely treated yeah an example that came to mind while you you were saying those things was the when the white girl find finds out about the photographer like in their old base right there's this white shot it's all dark and we see this orange light uh, uh, on the two of them but they're so so far away they're on opposite side of the room and but from there, let me just find that shot real quick on my timeline. But from there, they start to form this connection, which later fall apart very quickly. And you know, I think it's just, yeah, it's just very well handled. I'm just going to, yeah, they're, they're on complete opposite side mm -hmm. and of the room. And, but Okay, let me see what happens next. Then we go to singles. Then we go to like them talking together. They didn't physically get closer, but the the shots and the images telling us, okay, the relationship is progressing. And then we go to the next shot. After you know, after establishing shot, it's in the day, right? The, the, the guy says, "Want to bed?" It's morning and day, and then it's still day. And then the next shot, they are they are very close together in this medium, and they kiss. And it's just, I think the sequence is just w very well, very well handled. It, it's, it's very subtle, right? It's, it's a very basic visual language that everybody knows about, but it's just deliberate and, and, and convincing. Yeah, well, well I think frame like uh, works to tell you how people are connected or not connected. I mean, it's also like the frame tells you how people is connected or not connected to the world. I mean, I remember like, because what impresses me is like the camera is sometimes it's at the static uh, position. It doesn't move. And, yeah. and it's just people enter the frame. It's not the camera tracking the people. So it feels like it, it emphasizes there how, how the helpless they are. I mean, uh, how challenging their life is. They don't have the, they don't own the world around them. They, they, they just, they're dominated by the material world. So I feel like it also tells this relationship between people and that urban city. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And there are moments, just to piggyback off what you just said, do you remember the the fight scene between the husband and the wife. The husband goes to find the wife at her company with the cheater. Yeah. Yeah. And we're on this wide and the husband, the wife and uh, her, uh, the wife and her lover was on the other side of the glass door. And the shot just feels very uh, voyeuristic. It's not in uh, his perspective or 
or anybody's perspective. We're just watching this unfold and I, like a bad bystander. We're just like a stranger that just sits on the company's sofa and just watch this unfold, even though it's a critically emotional scene. And yeah, an almost fly on the wall perspective. And yeah, um, and to yeah, to continue piggybacking off of Shuan's point here, I think that these urban spaces, these these homes, apartments, um, businesses, uh, are all kind of portrayed as sites that um, house, you know, tensions and secrets and and betrayal and um, hostilities and you know all these things. It's it kind of comments on them as yeah uh, spaces in which these things happen in a sort of ordinary life, but within these specific lives. So. Yeah, and another example of the frame telling us the relationship is uh, the wife in the kitchen when, when they were the husband. They were talking about, okay, why did you leave? He didn't even tell me that. And the wife tells him, okay, you never understood me. You remember that scene, right? We have a very long single on the wife's face. Okay, you never tell me, like, no, you never really understood me. That that's what she meant. And before that shot, we see this wide of the wife in the kitchen and the husband in the living room and the light in the, in the husband's side is very warm and the light in the kitchen is very cold and they're separated by this door frame. And this visual metaphor is already telling us where their relationship is heading and where, where, you know, where this, each of these characters are at emotionally like the the husband loves the wife right the husband still loves him loves her even though he, his love is quite i would say uh hollow and it doesn't give it's a kind of love that doesn't give substance to the relationship doesn't give ha- a happiness to the wife but it's still warm there's still like passion burning but the wife is like man it's all cold in here it's the light is telling us these stories and i think it's very subtle but Upon second watching, yeah, I think that's why I, I really got into the film. At first, I was just really bored. <laughs> I think I got into it about halfway through for some reason. And I think these like very subtle but carefully articulated visual language does work on our mind and give us this very cohesive and impactful experience. Yeah, well, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you guys answer a lot of my questions. I mean, I was, because uh, I, I mean, I have watched it for toys or three times. I mean, but but I, I don't really have the answer about like, what does the photographer, why do we have a photographer here? And I mean, h- how does the frameworks like, uh, and also the sound and also relationships between people. I mean, uh, it's really interesting to talk to you about this. And I felt like I have, more deep understanding of this film, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's certainly worth rewatching. And yeah. No, I can't. It's so slow, man. <laughs> okay. I, I barely, I barely survived the first, <laughs> first watch through. <laughs> I'm very impatient nowadays. Well, thank you, uh, Shuwen, for um, presenting this film this week. Uh, I have to. I mean, I'll agree. I, I personally think um, if. If I come back to watching this film, I think I will come uh, experience it with um, I, at least with a, a, a better prepared mind and a sort of watchful eye for things and for this sort of language. I mean, I think this episode could have 
been an episode on craft analysis entirely and gotten into things like the play between light and shadow and these these framings and the the um you know parallels between these characters and the urban spaces i think all of there's just so so much to talk about we could do an entire podcast series on this on these things in this film but um uh, i think this was a wonderful selection for the podcast uh this week and so yeah thank you again and thank you Dawei, for joining us this week oh you're welcome you're welcome thank you for having me all right so well with that that'll about do it for this week's episode um we hope you all enjoy the conversation whether you're a returning listener or if this is your first time with us we appreciate you tuning into the show Please subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please do spread the word. You can follow us on Instagram at Cineposium and on Twitter at Cposium to keep up with updates and to keep in communication with us. Also, if you're interested in subscribing to our weekly e-newsletter, email us at cineposium.ucla at gmail.com. Thank you all again for listening. Until next week, take care, everyone.